Okay, let's start our discussion at Parsha's Balak, Tuf Shin Pei, as uh, all of Am Yisrael gets back uh, together this week with uh, Chukas Balak and Chutz Laaretz and Parsha's Balak here in Eretz Yisrael. And we'll start off talking about the two great leaders, or I should say the two leaders, one great, one could have been great leaders uh, in this week's Parsha, and that is, of course, Bilam and Moshe Rabbeinu. Bilam and Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, in Chazal, Bilam is often contrasted and compared with Avram Avinu, as we know from the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos. But Rabbi Sachs, in his uh, Sefer about leadership, where he talks about leadership every parsha, so there you have, in source number one, what are the definitions of leadership? Is it just skills, the ability to summon and command power, or is there a dimension that is beyond this? Beyond the skills beyond what was given over to the person. So, let's talk about Bilam. As he quotes an archaeological discovery that they found Bilam's name on certain archaeological uh, um, artifacts. Okay, we don't need the art- archaeologist to tell us that Bilam existed, but uh, says the, the uh, Rabbi Sachs, going through different uh, elements from uh, Chazal, we know that Bilam was, was uh, tremendously talented. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him a lot. His skills were clearly impressive. He was a religious virtuoso, a sought-after shaman, magus, spellbinder, and miracle worker. Right? Balak says, I know who you curse will be cursed. Who you bless will be blessed. I know you have that power. And there's nobody, the Medrash says, there was nobody as great as Moshe Rabbeinu in Am Yisrael. Meaning out of Am Yisrael, Bilam. Bilam had tremendous kochos. Right? And he quotes others. And yet, we know from the Parsha, this Parsha implicitly, but later on in the Torah explicitly, we know Bilam was was the root of evil. Bilam was the root of evil. He tried to, and he was successful in being Mahti Am Yisrael, and um, the uh, the tragedy that uh, that led to the to the znus that he uh, was able to to put inside Am Yisrael. So, what exactly was Bilam's problem? He had all these kochos. He was on the level of Ruach HaKodesh. He had Nevuah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to him, not once, not twice, often, and yet he became what he became. What was the difference? What was the root problem with Bilam, if we could think about, and in that way, we could learn from? Says Rabbi Sachs, he likes the one line in the Gemara, the bottom of the page. What was his flaw? Bilam. Below Am. Bilam was a prophet without a nation. Ein Melech below Am. Bilam was Bili Am, as he quotes the Gemara from Parachelech. Bilam was a man without loyalties. Going to the next page. Balak sent for him saying, come put a curse on these people because they're too powerful. Because I know that you have the power. He was a prophet for hire. He had supernatural powers. He could bless someone and that person would succeed. He could curse someone, and that person would be blinded by misfortune. A number of years ago, we spoke about, not for now, how does a bracha and klala work? Rav Sarutskin talks about, really, it's supposed to awaken in the person certain things. But there's a, there's a hashpa of a bracha and a klala. Bilam went to the highest bidder. He was a below am. He had no loyalties. I'll be with you today. Oh, I curse today. Oh, tomorrow he's going to give me more money for a bracha. Oh, 
they, they're not as mechubad. I want more kavod. I can't go with you. God promised me more kavod. There was no hint in any of the reports that Balaam was a prophet in the moral sense. That he was concerned with justice, the desert, the rights and wrongs of those whose lives he affected. Like a contract killer of a later, later age. Right? He was basically a prophet mercenary kind of guy. He was a loner. His services could be bought. He had skills and used them to devastating effects. No commitments, no loyalties. He was the man, Bilam, without a people. And Moshe Rabbeinu was exactly the opposite. The one thing that we could say about Moshe Rabbeinu was that he had loyalties. You want to say that he wasn't the best speaker? Right? What did he say in Parsha Shmos? Right? I can't speak properly. Kfad Pev, Kfad Lashon. So maybe he didn't even have the talents that Bilam had. But Moshe had the Am. And Moshe never stopped going to bat for the Am, who he loved so much. God himself says of him, he is supremely loyal, right? Bechol Beisi, Ne'emanhu. What's a Ne'eman in the Torah? Ne'eman means a loyalist. However disappointed Moshe was with the Jews, he never ceased to argue their case before God. Right, when his initial intervention on their behalf with power worsened, what did he say? How'd you do this? Hey, Ramazah! Even though it makes him look bad. He says, after the Egel, after the Meraglim. Okay, he gets upset at them also. But he is with them. Right, and one finally, Hashem, Moshe, Hashem says, I'll start again. What does Moshe say? Just, just take me out. Moshe was totally connected and entrenched with the Am. Moshe never ceased to pray for his people, however much they had sinned, however audacious the prayer, however much he was putting his own relationship with God at risk. Remember the uh, Gemara and Brachis around Lamed Beis or so, right? Uh, certain people that are heard, Hitiach Dvarim Klape Mala, right? There are certain people that David in a certain audacious and presumptuous way, and Moshe did it because it was for Am Yisrael. Knowing their faults, he remained utterly loyal to them. And Cesare Sachs, that's what makes a great leader. It's not about the talents that you have, but it's about how you use them for the people that you're using them for and how much commitment and loyalty. There are people with great, gift, great gifts, intellectual and sometimes even spiritual who nonetheless failed to achieve what they might have done. They lack the basic moral qualities of integrity, honesty, humility, and above all, loyalty. There's a, a famous quote from a, uh, a Jewish actor who once said, 90% of life is showing up. Ask many rabbis, right? When did they have their biggest hashpa on a, on a balabas? A Shabbos, Shuvah Drasha, a, uh, a this, a that... The rabbi likes to think that the biggest biggest things were the drushes and the shiurim. But it was when this person was going through a hardship. And he was just there for the person to cry to. And this person appreciated the phone call. It was just the little things that show loyalty. It wasn't so much the mind, but the heart. And that's what people remember. Halavai, the mind, should also remember. But it's the heart that feels. And that's what makes a true leader. That was a Moshe. Obviously, Moshe was Torah's Moshe, Torah's Moshe. We're not taken away from the mind. Moshe Rabbeinu connected to our mind more than anyone else in history. 
but he also connected to the heart. And he was loyal, and that's the contrast to Bilam, below Am. Right? He didn't have anybody. Today, tomorrow, right? It could be anybody. Those who are loyal towards the bottom to other people find that other people are loyal to them. Those who are disloyal are eventually distrusted and lose whatever authority they might have once had. Leadership without loyalty is not leadership. Right? And sometimes a leader has to make a tough decision for that loyalty, even if it's not going to be so popular. But again, that's what he has to do. We follow those we trust because they have acted so as to earn our trust. That was what made Moshe the great leader. Bilam might have been, but never was. And that starts us off tonight. It's not just about the talents that Hashem has given us, but it's about the loyalty that we have and um, everything that that, <laughs> that that entails that Moshe um, gives us and and teaches us. Okay, moving right along. Now we get to the beginning of the Parsha, one of the Parshas that are named for a person, and fascinating, and only a few Parshas were named for people, and right right here we have one of them that was named for a non-Jew, along with Yisro. Right, we have two in a row. Next week we have uh, Pinchas Be'ezus Hashem. Vayar Balak ben Sipar. Balak sees, he's kol asher asay Yisrael amori. Everything that B'nai Yisrael did to the Amori. Question number one. Why is it Vayar? Why is it Vayar? Just a contrast. Remember Yisrael? Vayishma Yisrael. He heard. What did Balak really see? Was he viewing the battle? Why does it say Vayar? Question one. Ask the Nachla Svi. From Shalom Gross. The Hikshu. Vayishma Balak. Why does it say Vayar? Question one. Question two, which we've spoken about in the past. What does Balak say? He sends Malachim to Bilam and he says, Bilam, I need your help. There's an Am that has gone out of the Mitzrayim, went out of Mitzrayim, they're against they're, they're against me. They've gone out. And what happens? Bilam comes and Pasuk Yud Aleph, Yud Yud Aleph, Ayomer Bilam El Ho'elokim, Balak Ben Sipar, Melech Bav Shalach Eli. Hinei Ha'am Hayotzei Mi Mitzrayim Vayachatzei Sein Ha'aretz. So again, Mepharshim note that there was this change here from Yatzah to Yotzei. Yatsa to Yotze asks the Nachlasvi, Vod Kasha, Balak Amar Am Yatsami Mitzrayim, Loki Yisro, Sha'amar, Kyotzi Hashem, Es Yisrael, Mi Mitzrayim, Veloki Bilam, Sha'amar, Kel Motzi Ami Mitzrayim. Not like Yisro who says, Hotzi Hashem present, not like Bilam who says, Motzi Am, they both said it, Lashen Mahove. While Balak said it in the past. Why the change? Why did Balak say Yatza and Bilam says the present Motzi'em and Hotzi'ashem? Says the Nachlat Hinei Yadua. Let's get into the Svaris of what Balak was thinking and what Bilam thought. Ki b'Mitzrayim hayu Yisrael b'Shvala When we left Mitzrayim, we had no Zechuyos. We had no reason that Hashem should redeem us except for the fact 
that we were Zera, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. V'lo hayav lahem shum zechus. Hashem had to give us, right, when we left, a little bit. Mila and Karan Pesach, right, the damim b'damayechai. V'lachein, nis'orah kodesh baruchu kaviyachu ba'atzmo. Hashem himself had to take us out. He took us out. Because we didn't deserve to come out. Right, based on our own zechuyos. V'hotzi osam rak b'schus ha'asid sh'ikavlu es ha'torah. For our potential. For our potential. Alaharazet tavdun in 50 days. So at the time, we had no zechuyos. It was all based on our potential. Amnam la'achar sh'ikavlu es ha'torah. But now, after Maimed Arsinai, V'asu es ha'mishkan, Zechusam v'kocham rav kolkach. Now, they were a nation of Torah. They were a nation that had certain levels. Later on, we could say that they're fighting, they had their own zechuyos. They had their own mitzvot that they were doing. Okay, the Torah in Sefer Bamidbar makes famous many of the faults and the, and the times that we fell. What about the other 38 years? We were learning Torah. We were Ananea Kavit and Amon. It was B'schus Atzman. It wasn't all purely free from Hashem on giant shoulders. And that's what Balak was scared of. Balak says, When they didn't have any Zechuyos, look what happened. Now? If they were able to defeat nations, even without any zechuyos, just based on their past and their future, but not their present. What does Vayar mean often in the Torah? And he understood. Remember the first Pasuk in Vayera? Vayar Avram saw the Malachim, Vayar Rashi quotes, he understood that they were waiting and that they needed something. Milas Vayar Hulashan Avana. Like we say in English also. Now I see it. Now I see it. Seeing it is is understanding. Even if you don't see something. Vayar Ratz Lekrasam. Hainu Shebalak Haven Besichlo. Es Kol Yisrael Amori. He saw what was going on and he saw... And he re- understood the Kavachomer, that it's going to be even harder. If Amalek couldn't win without the Zchuyos, imagine us. Masha Asu. And that's what he emphasizes. Asar Asa, Heim Ba'atzmam, Bizchucham Uvakocham Baloide Chesed Chinam. And that's why he says, but one second. He puts it in the back, in the Loma Freya now. Am Yatsa Mimitzah. He doesn't say, Ahotzi Hashem. Am Yatsa. Because now their potential has been fulfilled and you realize that it was an arm that already had kochos then. They've already brought them to fruition now. It's going to be even harder. But he formulates it as, Am yotza mi Mitzrayim. She yotzu b'schus atzman. Ki sofa mochiach al tchilaso. What happens at the end realizes that it was all worth it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the decision. Yan, shekfar kiblu es because they didn't have schuyos yet. They haven't proven themselves yet. But now, they've proven themselves. It's going to be even harder. It's as if they went out. So I'm really stuck, Balak feels. 
The schus of the Torah is super and it will be above and beyond also. The question is, Nothing's going to help. And that's why he calls to Bilam. Bilam, though, he's okay. He's a nah, Hashem took them out. It's okay, I could get them to sin and it'll all be good. I could curse them and it'll all be good. But that was Balak. Because the power of Torah, right, is even more. We mentioned, I didn't give it to you, but we mentioned in past years, the Gemara and Chulin. Remember the Gemara? The Gemara tells us that um, on Dav Zion, I think, the Gemara on Dav Zion, that the uh, Repinchas ben Yoyer was going to a river and he wanted to cross and uh, he says, split. And the river says, no, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not, I'm not stopping. And he was going to do Pidyan Shvuyim. And Rav Pinchas Banyar says, you split or else I'm going to dry you up. And it dries up and it splits. And uh, three times it splits for him and for his, his helper and for his, uh, the, uh, the uh, traveler that was going with him. And the Gemara says, wow, it splits, right, even greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, equal to Moshe Rabbeinu, but ask the Arachayim Hakadosh, why was it so hard for Kriyas Yamsuf to occur, while here didn't seem so hard? Right, Pinchas Banyar did it one time, two times, three times. So Arachayim Hakadosh says because Pinchas Banyar lived after Maimon Ar Sinai, and after Maimon Ar Sinai, Jews we have tremendous kochos because our forefathers accepted and we accepted. The kochos are are much different then was before. And that's exactly what Balak recognized. Beforehand, they didn't have it and they still won. Now they fulfilled it. They have the power of Torah. And it's something that uh, he was very nervous of and that's why he spoke to Bilam. But again, the message for us is we have to recognize the power of Torah that we have um, from our forefathers and from ourselves uh, as well. Okay. So what does Balak say? What does Bilam say? He wants to go. He says to Hashem, can I go? Hashem says, no, don't go. You can't curse them. Bilam gets up in the morning and says, sorry, I can't go. Can't go. Hashem is not letting me go with, not letting me go with you. They came to Balak and they say, Balak, he's not coming. So Balak says, sends more. Even higher level um, dignitaries to try to bring Bilam. Balak says, you cannot come, you have to come. And Bilam says, no matter what money he gives me, I'm not going to violate what God says. Seems like a great sadik. So again, we pointed this out. If you read the Torah Shebech Sav, Bilam doesn't seem to be so bad. I'm not going. He asks Hashem again. He asks Hashem again. And he goes. Hashem says, fine, okay, go, but you're going to listen to and say only what I say. Say, so ask the Saba from Kelm. So what's the difference between Bilam and the great Sadiqim? Bilam says, I'm not, I can't do a go against God. I can't do against God. And then what happens? He eventually gets Hashem to give him the Rishos and he goes. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Says the Saba from Kelm. He doesn't say this exactly, but let me give the mashal. A child says to a parent, can I please go out? The 
parent says no. Child says, please, please, please. The parent says no. Please, please, no. Come on, come on, come on, please. Okay, fine. So, so is that, okay, I got permission. When we get a no from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or whatever the answer is, the goal of that no is try to mold our Ratzon to that Ratzon. Not to try to finagle away and try to wiggle out a different answer that would fit my life better. Even if I get permission in the end. Says the Darky Musser of Naiman quotes from the Saba from Kelm. Kibilam Omar lo uchalabras pi Hashem. Neged Hashem ulo yocholasos. Avogam lo vita abertsono. He wouldn't go against. But he also did not give in and be mavater on his ratzon. The asa eitzos v'sachmulos. Shakarish Baruchu yaskim lertsono. He did everything he could to try to get God to agree. V'hasofu, Akarish Baruchu says, fine. Why? Because Baderach Shadar Moselelech Molichan Oso. You want to go there? Fine, you could go there. But ultimately, it's up to me. Shakarish Baruchu hiskim lertsono. V'hitzelo lalechas im sari balak. Ki Baderach Shadar Moselelech Molichan Oso. Kemoshamar Ramban. Like it goes to Ramban in Parshish Kedoshim. Novol birshus haTorah. Right? Not violating anything, but I could, you know, I could be a disgusting person with the license. Not violating any sifkaton of the Mishnah Bura. Avo madregos avos hakadoshim hayu. What were the madregos of the avos? They were mavatel their rutzon. When Hashem said something, if they didn't like it, they somehow conditioned themselves to make Hashem's rutzon into their rutzon. As it says in Perki Yavos. El Alasos with Son Konami. The Yaakov Avinu Nenash. Right? Because Yaakov Eishi B'Shalva. Tzadikim Ayutamid Rotsim Ladas Ma Ritzon Hashem L'Kadosh Baruch Hu. What does Hashem want? Uma Maisim Sha'asu Ha'yimafash B'Shinu Medaktakim. They tried to get it that way to ultimately get their Ratzon to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon. And he quotes from the Lamzer Rosh Yeshiva, the Mashkiach. Another example of this. David HaMelech, at the end of his life, he gives instructions to Shlomo. What's supposed to happen? All these different people who who wronged David, who who deserve punishment, who deserve reward, he said all these people you have to take care of. He tells Shlomo HaMelech, Yoav ben Sruya, and you know what he did to Avner and Amasa, and Shimi ben Geira, all these things. Ask the Ramosha Rosenstein, Regilam Arno Leros. Usually, as time goes by, people become... Less, less vengeful, less needing to do something. I, I put it into perspective. I become more relaxed about it. And yet here by David HaMelech, these people who deserved punishment, Mord Bamalchus, who deserved punishment at the time, David waits until the end of his life, and then he tells Shlomo to punish them? So Mimanashach, why do you wait? He should do it right away. He should have punished them. And if not, you would think he would he would uh, be much more relaxed. Keep his mind, Shadam, who When a person is strong and robust, then he's vengeful. You see, David Amalek did exactly the opposite. When he could have done it, didn't do anything. He told Shlomo, why? Because when David was robust and healthy and strong, he wasn't sure if it was totally Hashem's Ratzon or his own personal Ratzon. His selfish reasons. 
Because after all, they insulted me. After all, they undermine my authority. So I'm not sure if I'm really doing this. L'shem Shamayim. David didn't do it yet. I have time. David HaMelech Ratza HaKol L'Asos L'shem Shamayim. Shlotis Arif Shum so after he's calmed down, and after he doesn't feel it anymore, so then he says to Shlomo, you know what, Morad Bamalchus, this is the halacha. This is what has to be done. But it was all a delay in order to make sure that his Ratzon was lining up with the Kaddish Baruch Hu's Ratzon. And he wasn't just trying to co-opt Hashem's Ratzon for his Ratzon. And that's what life's about. Life's about figuring out Hashem's Ratzon and fitting my life into that. And for, for our... Now, for our reality right now, I think this is so deep and so crucial and so challenging. Because probably over the last four or five months, there hasn't been one person in the entire world who hasn't had their rutzone uh, pulled away from them. And we have to come up with a new reality with God's rutzone. And Hashem's rutzone. Hashem says, this is what I want. And you know, this, is, uh, this is what has to be. You know, whether it has to do with Pesach plans whether it had to do with Shua's plans, whether it has to do with summer plans. We were trying to the whole time, I'm going to do, I'm going to figure out a way to do this, and I'm going to try to do this, and ultimately no, and then, okay, let's try this, and we were trying to be like Bilam-like, to try to like figure out a way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could, could, could do it with us. But ultimately, we have to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has other plans, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects us uh, to be like Moshe Rabbeinu, to be like David HaMelech, to fit our Ratzon to, to his Ratzon. Okay. So now we get to some of the, <laughs> some of the beautiful nevuas that Bilam tells us. A couple of nevuas that we're going to speak about uh, tonight. Chav Gimel Chav Dalad. Chav Gimel Chav Dalad. Again, Bilam has already spoken to the donkey. Again, an amazing Pasik that he was not shocked or fainted. He just took it in stride when the donkey started talking to him. Says Bilam, Hain Am Kilaviyakum. This Am wakes up like a lion. Ukaari Nasa. Two lines. There are many words in Tanakh for lion. Different types of lions, ages, Ari, Kfir, Lavi. So what does Rashi say here? Ain Am Kilaviyakum. Kishain Omdin Mishainasam Shachris. When they wake up in the morning, Hain Misgabrim Kilaviyu Kaari. They wake up like a lion. I'm not sure. I've seen lions in the zoo. They don't seem to be so, you know, come kari. They don't seem to be so, uh, maybe when they see their prey, they will be come kari. But maybe with the strength of a lion. Again, I have to ask, ask zookeepers, you know, whether when lions wake up, they really uh, jump and uh, roar. But we, go th- we get the message. Uh, so when we, <laughs> when we wake up, we're strong like a lion. Lachtofes amitzvos. To grab the mitzvahs. Lobosh talus. Likro eshema. Lahaniyah tefillin. We wake up in the morning. We use every second. Not for now. We discussed this in past years. Rashi's order. Why does he put shema before tefillin? Tzitzes. Shema. Tefillin. Don't you wear tefillin before you put uh, say shema? Okay, not for now. But what's the message? The message is you wake up and you jump out of bed and we use our time properly. Says Rav Zilberstein in Tuvcha Yabiyu. Rav Zilberstein has many different... Um, Sfarim on on uh, on uh, Chumash Tuv Chayabiu is one of them. There should be an ayin, not an aleph. In Tuv Chayabiu, says the Rav Zilberstein, Yesh regaim bechayav shal adam. There are moments in our life, Shim hu eno tofes osam, 
If we don't use it for our benefit in the spiritual realm, some moments aren't just about the moment. Some moments could have a lasting effect on us. And if we lose the moment, we haven't just lost the moment. We've lost so much more than the moment. And we have to recognize, we don't always know which moment is going to be that turning point. Which moment is, which tefillah, which ashray is going to be that crucial turning point. But we have to recognize that every moment has that potential. Hadvarim amurim lagabe chasan aposeh apachayim chadashim. Achasan and kala. Vagam lagabe b'nei adam achayim mezochim l'regiyas alas nadirim. Or other people who are zocheh to rare, uplifted feelings. Vaaz yish b'efshiru sam l'kfotz al haga. If you have that feeling, jump onto the wagon. And become a different person. We have to recognize every moment, every moment, not every moment is created equal, but every moment has that potential. We have to jump at it. Right? One of the moments is, you know, we, we daven for the day when we can have, quote unquote, regular weddings again. We daven for the day. But think, at a chasen and kala, they're building a bias naman. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is so happy that that is happening. That it's the greatest simch in the world that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has. Binyan of a chasan and kala. Varoim balil zaregan adir anikralafneim. And people are at a wedding. Uma afshalem lisalos. There's a possibility to go up. And what do we do at that moment? What do we do at a chuppah? So often we're on our phones. We're checking the news. We're doing other things. We're writing emails. Okay, it's good to use the time when there's a, but but there's also other things we could be doing. We could be saying to Hillam. We could be I'm sure. We hopefully we have to Hillam on our phones too. There are other the powerful moments that we recognize at a brismila, at a wedding. These are moments that we could use for our benefit. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives us tremendous chesed. Rav Zilberstein says that he sends us these moments, and some of them he tells us beforehand, some of them not. He sends up signs. He sends us uh, moments that we could be able to to capitalize on. A wedding, a bris. We have to make sure that we use these moments properly. And he says, We hear of many moments that people become different because of that moment. Right there's a uh, a book I quoted probably about 20 years ago before Neila. I think it's a Gladwell book. I think it's uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I think his name was. I've seen people change their. I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing. I've seen people change their lives based on in a moment, in an instant. But he writes there, it's not the moment that changed them. It's the fidelity to that moment. It's how much we let that moment impact us. It's how much we take that moment with us. We can have the moment, but if we don't make a big deal about the moment, it's not going to last, and it's not going to take with us. So we have to do our best to try to constantly become different people, constantly <laughs> go up, and and every tefillah, right? The Sefer Ikarim says, that's how davening works. We become different people after every time we daven. 
And therefore, Kodesh Baruch Hu looks at us in a different way. So we have to make sure that we use every moment as Bilam saw. Am kelavi yakum uka'ari yisnasa. That's one Pasuk. Moving right along, we get to the most famous Pasuk in the Parsha. One of the most famous Pesukim in all of the Torah. Matovu alecha Yaakov, mishkenosecha Yisrael. Matovu, which we know is on top of a column. This is one of the six Pesukim that Alpi Mesorah have to be on top of a column. Five of them are not Vavs. Right? Every column in the Torah starts with a Vav, except for five. This is one of them. Matovu alecha Yaakov is on the top of a column. Right, so the question that many Mepharshim deal with is, in this Pasuk that we say every morning, we have Oel and Mishkan, and we have Yaakov and Yisrael. So two changes. Oel and Mishkan, and Yaakov and Yisrael. Says Rav Yosef Nechem Yekornitzer. Yesh Lefarish Mikrazeh, Api Shepirashti Mikvar, Parshas Toldos. If you look back and told us, I didn't give it to you, but we'll just see it from here. V'yado ochezes ba'akev Esav. Yaakov's holding on to Esav's leg. V'yado ochezes. Yaakov's hand is holding ba'akev Esav. Akein karashmo Yaakov. There's a message there. In that one phrase, says Rav Yosim Nechemiah, is embedded the message of Am Yisrael to the world. It's a Jew's job to straighten out the akmimus and the akev of the world. The crookedness and the what's wrong out there in the world, it's the Jews' job to fix. We think Jews, it's great, it's a privilege, but it comes with tremendous responsibility. The whole world is our responsibility. Yaakov comes out, we're B'nai Yaakov, B'nai Yisrael, holding on to the Akev of Esav, because he has to try to fix that Akev. Kitu das Yisrael yoso mamleches kohanim v'goy kadosh. Meir la'arez v'ladarim ba'ar Torahso emunaso umidosa v'atovos. We have to be living, right, angelic people, that people look at us and wow. Alkein miyad, b'tseso l'avir olam near mazlos, Right when Yaakov comes out, he's holding on to the Akev. We are created and born to straighten out the Akev of Esav. Sometimes they don't like it. Sometimes they punish us and kill us and torture us. That's true. But that, that can't uh, minimize our job. Sometimes we have to be separate in order to be able to do our job. We have to be those leaders. Right? What does it say when Mashiach comes? What does Yishayo say at the beginning of a Sefer? Who's talking there, Pashtus? The other nations. Right? And if you look in, in the, in the Psukim in, in Zechariah, Zechariah says that in the future, it's not just going to be they're going to be inspired by Yerushalayim, they're going to be inspired by the Jews. They're going to come and, and, and want to learn from the Jewish people. Alkain Karashmo Yaakov, Sheyizkar Yisrael Tamid Chovaso. We should always remember the Tudaso Zosliosa Ochez Ikvos Aumos Uliyashar Choseim Betoramidas Tovos. So we have to try to do that. But says Rav Yosef Nachemia, when we're the downtrodden, lowly, look down upon nation, 
it's going to be very hard to do. To have that hashpa when we're not respected, when we're not royalty, so it's very hard. Nobody's going to want to look down upon us. You're not going to be successful in being that leader while you're Yaakov, while you're Akev, while you're stepped on. But only when you're Yisrael, Kisarisa. So then we can be a sar. Then we can be a sar. When the brothers told Yosef, told Yaakov, Od Yosef Chai, Vatuchi Ruach Yaakov Aviyam, the Yaakov, who was Midukebi Surin, right, he, he recognized. He couldn't function. But now, he realized that and he became Yisrael. When are you old and beautiful? When you're Mishkanosecha Yisrael. When you could also be a Yisrael. And people could look up at you. And people could be proud of how you behave. If we're ethical, if we're honest, sometimes they don't have the same values that we have. But we still have to do our values. Because it's for us to be a guiding light. When we have the bracha. And that doesn't always happen. right? Sometimes we try to do our best and we're still downtrodden and pushed down. But again, as much as we could do, and that's what we daven for, for that day to, for that day to come. Okay, one final nevuah. We spoke about Amkelavi. We spoke about Matovu Alecha. Now let's talk about another one. One of the lesser focused on Psukim. Two Psukim after. Yizal Mayim Midalyav. Mayim will drip. Okay, if you look at Unkelis, Unkelis totally doesn't give Shrutosh Mikra. Right, there are certain partios that Unkelis is not just a Matar game, he's a Mafarish. He always is deeper, but Balak Vayechi Zosa Bracha. So here too, Yizalmayim Midalyav Vizarobim Vayim Rabim. What does that mean? So Chazal Darshan on every one of these phrases. So we'll focus on what the Gemara says. Yizalmayim Midalyav Vizarobim Rabim. Hizarubim Neaniim. Be careful with the children of the poor. Shemehem Teitzei Torah. From then Torah will shine forth. Shenemar. Yizal mayim midal yav. Dal is poor, and yizal is to drip out. Mayim is Torah. So, mehem teitzei Torah. Mayim, Torah, will come out from the poor. From the poor. That's how we dash in the Pasuk. Says Rav Zevin, that doesn't only mean poor in the financial sense. Poor in the spiritual sense. The Mishnah says in Perkyavos, Make sure we dedicate ourselves to Torah, because Torah is not a Yerusha for us. What does that mean? Says Rav Zevin, two very different understandings that both fit in beautifully to the language of the Mishnah, of Eina Yerushalach. Shlila v'chiyuv. Number one, Shlila. Ein zehechrech sheben tamar chacham yeme'elav chacham. If there's a great rabbi, there's nothing automatic about his children following the path. 
Eino Yerushalach. Hey, your father is the God of Adar. Haskin Atzmachalom Motara. Sheni Yerushalach. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu's children even didn't become the Gdole Adar. Eino Yerushalach. No, to push myself into toil. So that's on the one side. Even if my father's the God of Ador, it's not automatic to me. I have to push myself. And number two, if my father's not the God of Ador, it doesn't mean that I can't be the God of Ador. Sometimes it skips generations. Focus. It's not a Yerusha that if you don't have a rich father, you're not going to get it. No. You can get it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. No. No. The earlier generations. You could get it, it could come. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who your father is in either direction. You have to work at it. We have to work at it. And that's what he quotes from a Yerushalmi, but says Rav Zevin. That's the message. We have to recognize that it's all up to us. It doesn't matter who the father is. It doesn't matter who the um, what the family is. And that's what he says on the top of the next page. Who's Sha'amru? So, first, just re- relating this back. That's the Pasuk. He's a Mayimidalyav. Water and Torah come out from the poor. From the Amaaret, from the, from the people you don't think. Who you don't think. From Pasha Jews. But inside of them, maybe it's not so Pasha. What it says at the end of Ksub is, Asidin Kolilani Srakshav Eretz Yisrael. The barren trees in Eretz Yisrael will all produce fruit. Sheyitanu Peros. The tain and the gefen marazim altimidechachamim, right? The figs and the and the grapes, they're all about altimidechachamim. They're all a mashal that there could be so much. There could be so much from someone who is not. How many great rabbis are there? Think about the past thousand years. About the past thousand years, the greatest of rabbis. Do we know so much about their parents? We know so much about the Chassam Sofer's father. We know about his son, the Chassam Sofer. Do we know so much about Rabbi Kivayger's father? Do we know so much about the Rambam's father, Maimon? Again, I'm sure they were all amazing. But the Gedolei Ador, there aren't so many that we have fathers and sons. Rabbi Yaakov Emden and the Chacham Svi, we are a few that we have a grandfather. But mo- much of the time, it's not because it's up to us. It's up to every person. In both directions. Don't rely because my father's a great rabbi. And number two, even if your father's not a great rabbi. Right? You can always go further. The fa- even if your father's a Galadar, we could be a bigger Galadar. Right? That's the, uh, that's the message that right, the Gemara says. Right? There's always jealousy except for a student and a, and a child. Person not jealous of their student. The student could go beyond, and the child could go beyond. Either way, that's everybody has the power to be the God of Ador. Everybody has the power. Remember that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, the Ramah writes in Yaradea that a baby shouldn't nurse from a from a Egyptian woman, right? Why? Because like Moshe Rabbeinu, Asil Daber Mashchina, right? The Peda Asil Daber Mashchina. Rashi quotes in Shmos, right? It's not appropriate. Ask Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, what is that Allah doing in Shulchan Aruch? That's for Moshe Rabbeinu. Asla Dabra Mashrina. What does that have to do with me? 
The answer is, each of our children are a potential. Us at Ladaber Mashrina. And therefore, we have to make sure that we give them the education and the, and the abilities as much as we can. And then it's up to them. Then it's up to them. Haskin Asmacha, Lil Mode Torah. Okay, one final thought uh, for tonight on the Haftorah. On the Haftorah, Hatsnei Leches Imelokecha. Micha tells us that what does Hashem want from you? <laughs> right, he quotes the whole the whole pasuk. Hagilachah de matov ma'ashad oreish miimcha ki masos mishpat va'afev sechesed vati leches imelokecha. Hatsnei Leches. So the Gemara at the end of Meseches Makos, you might remember, has a whole list. There are Taryag Mitzvahs. And then David Melech whittles it down to 15. And then we get it down to 6. And then we get it down to 3. And then we get it down to 1. Right? Chabakuk is 1. Talik Bemunaso Yifya. But when we get to 3, that's Micha. Mishpat Chesed So it's not for us now, but I'll just leave it as a question. Right? What, what is the Gemara doing there? Why do we have to whittle it down? There are 613, there are 613. Rashi said it's not, it's too hard. So the Chorah, these symbolize. We're not cutting out mitzvos. We're just going to the root. We're going to the root. And Rivlin here in Yuniaf Torah quotes that there's a general machlokas about making ikarim. We know the Rama made 13 ikarim. The uh, Rabbi Yosef Albo made 3 ikarim. And Samri Shonim said, what do you make an ikarim for? Every mitzvah's a nicker. They're a taryag ikarim. I want to focus on one or two or thirteen? Right, <laughs> it's minimizing. That's an interesting that Micha gets it down to three. But what's Hatsne Lechasimalokacha? What does that mean? Says of Rivlin two slash three ideas. What does the word Sneas mean? So he says, what's the opposite of Sneas? On the top of the second uh, page six. Sneas hi anava hefach gaiva. Sneas hi kedusha. Hefech Pritzus. Tzniyas has two elements. Tzniyas means humility. The opposite of arrogance. Arrogance is not Tzniyas. That's one idea. But of course, other type of Tzniyas is sanctity. Certain behaviors, certain body parts are sanctified and should remain sanctified. And the opposite of Tzniyas is when it's open, when it's parts. What's the connection between these two? Says of Rivlin, beautiful. A person in life, I got to. What Hashem wants from us is for us to try not to be in the spotlight. Try not to be, and that's reflected in the physical world and in the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, to be a Balgaiva is not what Hashem wants. Hashem wants to be us, us be at Sanua, Muchna, in Eved. I don't want to be in the middle. It's me. I'm the life of the party. Everybody look at me. In the spiritual realm or in the physical realm. Right? Choser Tzniyas in the physical realm, we know, is brings attention to whoever is not being Tzanua in that way. That's Kedusha, opposite of Pritzus. But when it's in the Ruchani, it's Anava Hefagaiva. Rav Solveitchik liked to say, Rav Shachter likes to quote this, who, what, who is the most Sanu in the world? HaKadosh Baruch. HaKadosh Baruch is the most Sanu in the world. You don't know where he is. He's hidden. Mahu Afata. We have to try to be as much like HaKadosh Baruch as possible. 
You could go through, a person could go through their whole lifetime and not see Hashem. Rahman al-Islan. It's unbelievable. He's there every second, but he makes it very easy not to be seen. He's the most sanua. Mahu afata. And that's what we have to remember. Hatsne lecha simelokecha. To recognize, to be sanua with Hashem in both ways. Both in the spiritual realm, which many people don't realize. People think, especially you sometimes think, Sinus has to do with it. It's inches. Sinus is about, isn't about inches. The Medrash says that the second luchos were given bitsnius. Second luchos weren't wearing a long skirt. The second luchos were given without the pumbi, without the, without the uh, pomp and circumstance, trying not to gain attention. Right, and that's the message, Sinus. He just adds one third element. Sinus means even after when I'm, and I'm, while I'm being Oved Hashem, not to think so highly of myself. I am awesome. It's great I have the chance to do these mitzvos, But make sure it doesn't go to my head. Make sure I recognize with all the great mitzvos that I do, I'm still an Eved. I'm still an Eved. Says the Katzka Rebbe, the greatest Nisayan of the Akedah was not the Akedah and not stopping, but it was at the end of the Parsha. Avram goes back to the Nar and they go walking. He didn't hold himself above them. He didn't tell them what he did. He just went with them. Remember, just like Sholamelech, after he was anointed. He didn't tell anybody, he just went. Tsanua. Tsanua even in our Avodah Hashem. If we have that, Micha boils it down to three. If we can focus on that, being sneeze in our mind, being sneeze in, in how we conduct ourselves, in how we talk, in how we dress, in how we think. So then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will get tremendous nachas, hatsne leches im elokecha. Okay, we will stop here.